welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to a very special Halloween edition episode of the Lost Zone podcast. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we are back with a very special episode featuring Dana DeLorenzo from Ash vs. the Evil Dead. She plays Kelly on the show opposite Bruce and, well, Ray Santiago and Ted Raimi, who we've had on in previous weeks. Absolutely. And uh, we're just rounding out the cast here. We're trying to get everyone we can from Ash vs. the Evil Dead since it's one of our absolute favorite shows. Absolutely is. Um, While we're talking about absolute favorites, by the way, before we get too deep into the show, I want to talk about our absolute favorite sponsor, uh, Horror Decor. Uh, horror Decor is a horror-themed home decorating website where you can buy pillows, candles, flags, potholders. Uh, you, you name it for your home, you can find it. Mm-hmm. And this stuff is amazing. Uh, but you know what? I think the ad actually tells it a little better. Let's just roll that and we'll come right back. If you're looking to scale up some new items for your crypt that'll make all your friends say, Who did you kill to get that? Then Horror Decor is the place to be. If you go to horrordecor.net, you'll just die at the selection of amazing items for sale, such as pillow shaped like an ancient VHS tape, the kind of kill I hear as well as scented candles featuring Buffalo Bill's scent of skin lotion and retro flags from Crystal Lake, the Overlook Hotel, and Springwood. If these items are tickling your bones, if you're bleeding in anticipation, go to horrordecor.net and make a purchase today. You won't be sorry. Right now, before we jump into the interview with Dana, we have a, uh, a quick review at the end of the show we want to let everyone know is going to happen. Just make sure when Dana's interview ends, you don't tune out immediately. Uh, we were given sample copies of a great comic book called uh, Blood and Gourd. And uh, honestly, it's one of the, my favorite things I think I've read this month for horror-oriented comics. Uh, it's definitely in my wheelhouse, and we're super happy they gave us these copies to peruse. And we'll give a, a full review at the very end of the show. But without further ado, we are going to jump in our interview with Dana DeLorenzo. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with her, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, weekly on Star. She plays Kelly opposite Bruce Campbell, and... She has also had a few minor roles in some shows that we both love, uh, Workaholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on an episode of uh, Two Broke Girls. Yep. Uh, she was in Harold and Kumar's Christmas. Californication. Californication. Uh, some, yeah, some, some pieces there. She was also, she starred in uh, a movie recently called The Mad Ones, which is a 2016 indie movie that she uh, plays a key role in. And uh, also a show that I'm really curious about because it sounds awesome. Found out through this, but I can't find out where to get it. Uh, this show called Impress Me, which actually touches on her awesome celebrity impersonations and impressions, which we'll get to in the interview for sure. And without further ado, here's Dana. Hey, Dana. How's it going? It's good, guys. How are you? Not too bad. We're very happy to have you on the show. We're glad you could take the time this afternoon to talk to us. I, I am happy to. We're going to talk a little bit this week about Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2. Uh, before we get into that, though, we'd like to uh, talk a little bit about how this opportunity to be on Ash vs. Evil Dead came about. Um, I answered an ad on Craigslist. No, <laughs> that's, that, that's a joke. Um, you know, it, it was. You know, it's always a funny. It's always funny when you have to tell someone it's a joke. That's how I know I'm. I'm nailing it 
Um, <laughs> uh, so um, it, it was one of those things that um, whenever I'm I'm reminded uh, of, uh, about it about about the whole um, process, it, I'm I'm I I remember it so fondly and and just um, get even more overwhelmed with gratitude because like the fact that I'm even talking to you guys today, the fact that I'm even uh, that I even got cast is still so mind blowing to me. Um, I was working at a bar, you know, struggling actor when I got this, when I got this call. Um, I'm sorry, there's construction going on. I swear they, they really are building a spaceship with a drum kit. Like that's the power tool. Um, I can, there's nowhere in my house I can go that I can avoid it. Okay. Um, so, um, it, it, when I, when I was working at closing the bars that night, which was like 2 a.m. And when I, and I, that's when I got the email, Hey, you have to go in tomorrow for this. And there's like, you know, seven pages of dialogue to memorize. And, and I looked at what I was and I'm like, there is no way in hell I am getting this job. They're going to go with some, you know, well-known name. Um, also I, I can't scream. I, I just don't have the vocal cords, um, <laughs> to scream. So I'm like, I'm never going to get a job in horse because I can't scream. Um, and so in a way I think that served me because I, I never thought there was a chance now I was going to get it. Um, and it always, baff- it always tickles me and baffles me because, you know, the entertainment industry is not necessarily the easiest path. And so I have gone on auditions and callbacks you know, for like a 30 second commercial where I just have to, you know, pick up a stack of paper and look at the camera. And I've had like 16 callbacks for that. Um, and this one happened so quickly. It was an audition, a callback. And then I was screen testing with Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Um, but I, I think what, uh, I, I think what helped me get the job is in that first audition, there was a scene, which it was just for the audition, um, where Pablo hits Kelly in the head with a frying pan because she sees him and Ash, you know, killing Deadite. And so I decided in that moment to, um, cause I love slapstick, um, to just throw myself on the ground. Like I'd actually just gotten hit with a frying pan, you know, like home alone style. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they're like, Oh, this girl is down to, to fall. And <laughs> I guess that's good. But little do they know I fall like every day in my life. So uh, <laughs> to do it on purpose, is a thrill. Um, and uh, when, when I did the, the screen test, um, there was, you know, a room full of producers. Um, and, and, and of course, Bruce Campbell um, did the first thing with me. And then the other two, I was just up there by myself. And Sam Raimi is behind the camera, like Sam Raimi. Um, and like, what is happening right now? This is like so surreal. But, um, I'm not uh, necessarily a, a huge risk taker in life, but you always hear, you know, take risks, take risks. Well, this was a, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? This was an a, a, a opportunity where taking a risk actually paid off because I'm doing this, the second scene and um, I, I did it once. Sam gave me uh, some direction to change it up a little bit. I did it again. And then he turns his back to me and looks at all the producers and says, because they were editing or they were going to send this tape to the network as my, as my final test. And so he's telling the, the producers, okay, I want to edit the audition tape and use the first half of the first take and the second half of the second tape. And then I interrupt him. I interrupt Sam Raimi. <laughs> to say, 
why don't I just like okay that takes balls way to go <laughs> yeah, Dana it, it pays to be um, bold what an I mean but I I'm never even that bold I don't know what came over me but I I interrupted the great Sam Raimi um and say well well, why don't I just do it again? And the entire energy in the room changed. Like you could just feel it was like you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> um, I think the producers, like I, I, I saw their mouths open. Like, oh no, she did. <laughs> and Sam, you know, in his suit, turns around and looks at me and says, uh, "What?" And I said, "Well, if if I didn't give you what you wanted, just tell me how you want me to do it." and I'll do it again. And he's, he, he looks at me, kind of flabbergasted, and says, okay, well, I'll tell you. And he said, what do you wanted? And I said, well, okay, so I'll just do it again like that. And I do it again, finish, long, awkward pause, and Sam Raimi says, Dana, that was perfect. That was exactly what I wanted. You were very right to ask for another take. You have very good instincts. And later when I got the job, I asked the casting director, I said, you know, I felt the room change a bit. Um, wh wh why, why was that? And she said, well, because you asked Sam Raimi for another take. And luckily you delivered and that is what got you the job. Um, and, or that is what helped you get the job. So the, uh, take it from me, risks pay off. Um, but that was a pretty, pretty, that was the boldest risk I think I've ever taken in my life. Yeah, that's a big but one. It paid off. So. <laughs> uh, it paid off well. You definitely landed a great role in that show. We're uh, we're both fans. We've been watching the second season, and we're loving everything that's happening. Uh, watching it though, we're we are curious. Were you uh, a fan of and familiar with all the original movies uh, up until you know getting cast in the actual TV show? Um, yes, I um, I grew up loving horror. I was a horror kid. Uh, read every single. Goosebumps book in the series um, uh, and from a very young age was watching, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And, yeah, you know, whenever you have sleepovers in middle school, that's what you do with your, with your friends. You watch horror films um, and uh, still to this day have nightmares from The Exorcist. Um, but uh, in terms of this franchise, you know, in high school, uh, I, all these guys that I was friends with were always, you know, joking around with each other, quoting quoting some movie all the time and 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 it was driving me nuts because they're like good bad i'm the guy with the gun oh yeah all right screw it and i'm like what are you guys quoting all the time they're like don't worry about it don't worry about it <laughs> and finally you know how high school boys are so finally one of my friends uh sat down and showed it to me and and i liked it but i don't think i fully got it or fully appreciated it until i went back and saw it as an adult um especially after then in college i saw baba hotep and I was like, oh, hey, I know that Bruce Campbell guy. That's that guy from Army of Darkness. And um, so when I went back and watched it as an adult, I was like, oh, my God, this is actually so good and so <laughs> funny. I totally get it now. And then I saw uh, Evil Dead 2, um, which is also, I mean, so brilliant and great in its own way, uh, different from, from Army of Dar Darkness, obviously. Um, but I hadn't seen the first one. Um, and so I, I watched it. I just rented it, you know, before my screen test. I'm like, well, I best, I best know the whole franchise. I'm going in for the creators tomorrow. And um, what an embarrassment to my 10-year-old self, who was like such a horror geek, um, because I could not believe that I was actually terrified and had to, had to 
stop the movie and invite my friend over and turn on all the lights because <laughs> I, I honestly was so terrified because I did not, I don't know, maybe I always knew it was a horror franchise, but I think because I saw the, la the last two that I just wasn't expecting it to be so terrifying. Um, yeah, they definitely and... got a little lighter <laughs> as they went. Like, they threw yeah. in a little more humor and a little more slapstick, but it started dark. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gl I'm glad I don't have to feel crap. so embarrassed about being the only one, because I, I felt that way when, I mean, I saw it when I was relatively young, but I do remember being terrified by it. Just something about demons in a basement, you know, like, the, like the it was just terrifying to me as well. So I understand it kind of started out like this dark horror movie. Um, and it, I think once he realized what kind of, character and personality you have in Bruce Campbell, all of a sudden those started becoming the Bruce Campbell show, Evil Dead's, um, a lot more it's like slapstick and stuff. Right. Well, and I think also it goes along with the, with Ash's journey. I mean, he was not the cool guy to start out with, you know, his, his buddy Scotty was the cool guy. Um, Ash then became the cool guy because he went through all of this and, and became such a badass. And I like that journey that the movies take you on. But um, it, I, I, I have to say, um, I'll, I'll, I'll embarrass myself yet again um, because I just last night I got to experience one of the coolest things ever um, and went to see um, Evil Dead live in concert um, at, at this nice. incredible uh, historic um, theater, the, the original United Artists Theater, um, and, uh, and and Bruce Campbell hosted it. And what it, it what it was was a, a, um, a viewing of, in the theater of. The first, of Evil Dead, the first one, and Joe, Joe LaDuca, our um, musical com uh, composer, um, and has been in the franchise uh, the whole time, um, was live with an orchestra uh, conducting along, conducting the music along to the, the movie on screen. So and cool. I've never seen any uh, Evil Dead movie in, in a theater. Oh my God, I was, I am still so humiliated. This is like, the most embarrassing day of my life because no, it's not actually a plenty of embarrassing days. Um, but one of them, because, you know, I I'm sitting there uh, watching this and grabbing onto the arm of like the stranger next to me, covering my eyes, you know, slinking down in my seat. And, you know, people who recognize me from the show are like, wait, isn't that supposed to be the badass Kelly who's like on the show? Why is she freaking out? I was, so, so horrified through so much of that. I still, again, because now it's, you know, in a theater. And and so I, I was an embarrassment. <laughs> to, so to Kelly, I am not nearly as cool as Kelly in real life because um, I was honestly still terrified of that movie. And everyone got to see. So yay me. <laughs> uh, well, we, you know, talking about the, the series as a whole, uh, you know, as we noted, Scott and I have actually been uh, lifelong fans of the series. Uh, you're probably fully aware, definitely by now, of, like, the cult personality that this movie, you know, has surrounding it. Uh, what was the, like, difference in the kind of pressure you felt starring in something like this versus, you know, any other role you might take any other day? Um, well, thank you, first of all, for being lifelong fans, because you guys are the reason this show exists and that I have this job that I'm talking to you today. I always like to thank the, the, the fans because, um, especially ones who've been lifelong fans, because I've never seen a more loyal or passionate fan base uh, of any, of any genre of any kind. And, um, this really is a, a bloody love letter to you, this whole show. So, um, thank you. Aww. And, uh, <laughs> in terms of the, no, it's true. I do. I, I think I freak fans out when they're like, Oh, you know, I've, 
I, I, I saw the original Evil Dead in the theaters and this, and I'm like, well, thank you. Thank you. And they're like, why are you thanking me? I don't want it. You're weird. Um, <laughs> just want your really, autograph. It's, it's, it's true. You, I mean, these fans, you guys, like, you know, as, as Bruce and, and Sam have, have made public over and over again, no matter what they did, uh, no matter what panel they were on for whatever project they were working on, you know, these amazing fans just kept pestering them for the last 25 years. When's the next Evil Dead, man? And so here, here, there is, uh, that's the reason why Ash vs. Evil Dead was born. So thank you. Um, and in terms of the, the pressure, you know, I, I, I did actually feel it because, um, I'm, I was aware of, of th this franchise and the cult following. And, um, especially in the horror genre, um, uh, how, how particular the fans can be. And also this fan base and how, like I, I've been saying, how, passionate and loyal they are about the franchise but the franchise is about one man it is about this lone wolf character of ash williams and then we're now asking them to uh accept two new sidekicks um uh, and i was i was a little bit afraid that it could go the other way um but when you have the original creators preserving the original vision with the original star. Um, I guess it's, it's no secret why, why it works. And the writers did a fantastic job of making that transition um, with, with Pablo and Kelly becoming um, his sidekicks. And um, the fact that the fans have embraced, have embraced us is, is a relief and a thrill. Um, and I, I'm really glad for that because if it had been the other way, well, <laughs> um, I don't even want to think of it. I get help, heart, pop, heart palpitations <laughs> thinking about that. Like, right. suddenly we're going and getting, you know, more crap thrown on us and other we, than when we're on set. So, <laughs> And we agree with the, the, the majority of the fan base out there who definitely are, like, loving the first and second season of the show and loving the dynamic of uh, Pablo and Kelly on the show with Ash. Um, everything about it just works on the right level. Uh, it's definitely my go-to every weekend to watch... Um, and watching it, I do have to ask, because your background isn't necessarily in horror, um, did it take some level of adjustment on set to deal with, like, the fact that they cover the cameras in plastic sometimes because of the sheer <laughs> level of blood? And, like, it must be, like, a, a, just an, a sight to see to be on set. Um, it is a sight to see on set. Uh, and, and I, anytime I walk on set, uh, and see the cameraman inside of a tent of plastic. <laughs> first, I make sure. First, I'm like, should we poke some holes so he doesn't die while he's filming the scene? And then my second question is like, oh, so not even a question. It's like, oh, so oh, it's going to be one of those yeah, yeah. kind of bloody days. Pretty sure you guys don't get a tent. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, they do all. You know, my my. You know, the trailers get get. <laughs> plastic tents and 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 everywhere the, the the chairs get plastic no no we don't that that would that would defeat the, pur the purpose but um but that's how you know the level of 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 amount of blood that day is going to be and and that's actually what the experience was now having done a full season um i would like to say i know what to expect but it's evil dead you really never know what to expect and Unless you've gone to clown school, there's no way to prepare 
for <laughs> any time you're getting a bunch of blood or viscera thrown on you, um, especially because it's always a, a new method. It's always some new apparatus, um, depending on what the scene calls for. So you really can never be, you can never prepare for that moment, which keeps this job so exciting. Um, but when I walked on set, um, which I believe was the, I want to say, first or second day of shooting season two. Um, and I see all the plastic, and it was the, it was the, it was the first five minutes of the, of the, the episode, um, if you recall, uh, with, with the whole showdown and the barman and all that stuff. And it was my scene where I was going to, you know, grab the barman's arms and they rip off and all that. So I knew I was getting bloody that day, but <laughs> I didn't know how bloody. And so I walk around the back of the set and there's a bunch of the, the crew from the art department and there are just these vats um these like giant buckets of you know or gallons of of stage blood i mean there had to be i don't know 30 40 something like that wow. and um <laughs> i asked uh anna and because also you know we were shooting other parts of the scene with with pablo and ash <laughs> So I was like, wow, that's a lot of blood for today, even for this show. And she looks up and she's like, oh, no, it's not for today. And I go, oh, it's not? She's like, no, it's for you. And I said, wait, <laughs> what? She's, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, yeah, this is for you. And I go, oh, this is all for me. Oh, for this, oh, okay. Hey, um, you wouldn't happen to know a rough estimate of how much that is, would you? And she goes, actually, I do, because I had to make it and I had to measure it. Um, and, and they're, you know, she's saying this in a Kiwi accent, which I won't butcher for the sake of the Kiwis, but they, they use the metric system, whatever. So it's, she's like, oh yeah, 85 liters. There's 85 liters here. <laughs> and so I Google that real quick. It's like 26 gallons. And she goes, and that's just what we're starting with. We also have a backup. I don't know how much. <laughs> so I pretty much, <laughs> guys, I pretty much got 30 gallons of blood, uh, uh by the end. And it was. Uh, this, I swear to God, it was like a, um, I don't even know, a spaceship fuel tank, a, a dispensary method. It was, I've never had my face that close to like a cannon of blood before. <laughs> and it just, it was just, and then, you know, we do it once and then they're like, oh, well, we need to get it, uh, you know, this angle. Cause you can only do it the first time once from going not bloody to bloody. Right. Yeah. But then. You can do it as much as you want after because then they need to get a close-up and then they need to get a wide. And then, so, I mean, I just, I just stood there. I couldn't sit down anywhere. They wouldn't let me go anywhere because they want me to track blood everywhere. So I'm just, like, standing <laughs> on a towel. Like, Suddenly this blood, blood is your problem. Yeah, like, yeah. don't get the blood on things. Exactly. Don't no, get the blood on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And then um, I'm like, you know, hey, can I have my phone? And nope, well, sorry about your phone, completely now covered. It looks like I murdered someone and then called 911. Um, but uh, but it's, it's a very interesting because the blood, the worst part about the blood, it's not bad going on. The worst part about it is it, 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 everyone says it's sticky, and it is sticky when it's wet. But when it dries, it does turn into this hard wax. Now, when you're, every orifice and space of your body is covered in a wax, and then you, I don't know, go to extend your arm to get a glass of water, or someone calls your name, and your hair is stuck to your neck, and you turn. It's like that scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin when Steve Carell's getting waxed, and you just yell out non-sequitur, <laughs> like, Kelly Clarkson! <laughs> it is so painful that you actually ask them to just keep, keep covering you in more, because as long as it's 
is it's fresh and wet, you're fine. It's when it, I'm going to write a book one day about this experience called When the Blood Dries. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the secret. That's the secret about it. But so it's actually very smart on their part um, if that's what was intended because then you're always, they're like, time for more blood. And you're like, yes, please give it to me. Um, so it's it's fun. Oh, it's definitely amazing. fun. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and actually, I, I was reading uh, in terms of actually like adapting to the set stuff. I was reading somewhere that in season one, uh, there was a scene that scared you so bad when you were filming it that you actually botched like an initial take. I think it was when a deadite was grabbing at you through. Um, I, I, was, oh, good. I, That's, I forgot I admitted that. Yeah, that was I, I was curious. There. I was curious if, if, if you've That's been able true. if you've been able to adapt such that that doesn't impact you as much anymore now on this. Uh, on the season two or if there no, are any similar experiences no, of just no you being way. a scaredy cat the entire time? No, I, I mean, I legitimately am the girl that puts toast in the toaster and the toaster's down, it pops the bread out and I scream. Like I, I'm a very jumpy person. Um, and so anytime, even though we rehearse it, and even though, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's coming similar to that experience. And, and the pilot with Sam, when the guy breaks his hand through the window I, we rehearsed it, we rehearsed it, but then we put in the, 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 plate gla or the fake glass or the candy glass, whatever. And when that actually happened, I think it was the noise that scared me so much that as I'm on the mark where the camera needs to see the Jedi arm choke me from behind, I immediately, my visceral reaction was to duck down and cover my head. And Sam was like, uh, Dana, that was, that was great, but um, <laughs> we're going to do it again. And this time, if you could... Keep your head up towards the camera so uh, we can catch your reaction. That'd be real swell. <laughs> it's like a, the <laughs> first time in a horror movie a director has actually said, please act less afraid, actually. Please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, my friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I'm telling you, those deadites are still creepy in real life. I cannot eat next to one. Like, because they're just sitting there. The actors are there with all their prosthetics. Chopping um, a power and, bar. And, yeah. you know, their contact. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, just sitting there in their normal voice, having a normal conversation. And I'm like, I cannot talk to you and eat. I am, I can't. So I, it, they are so, so creepy in real life. And same with, especially season two, those amazing um, uh, demon spawns. Oh, God, um, those that are so in, creepy. Uh, yeah. uh, that are in makeup. Oh my God. And they're in makeup longer than deadites, I think, or, or, uh, because they're doing the full body. Oh, yeah. Um, there is so much work that goes into that and they are, and there are like a lot of contortionists and stuff. They are freaky, freaky. And even though they're like basically naked and you, you feel like you would laugh, but you don't because they're freaky. Oh, I don't, I, yeah, they, they, and then all of a sudden they just, and you know, they all play with, they all play with me cause they all know I'm going to jump. So they're just, you know, I'm sitting there. <laughs> looking at something or reading a script and it'll just come up behind me and go boom and immediately I'll go oh, oh hilarious I now I drop my coffee and spill it everywhere and oh that's there's Di Lorenzo again <laughs> um so yeah so no I I am not any less afraid when filming but don't but let's not but let's let no I'm a badass come on I let's pretend yeah. let's yeah, pretend come on. I'm let's, I, Kelly. let's pretend I really am Kelly yeah we're talking <laughs> right. about Kelly here come on yeah. now. all right um no I know Kelly's Kelly's a badass. I'm just the girl who plays her. <laughs> <laughs> this feels actually like the per perfect moment to uh, break from our discussion to jump into the 10 questions to make sure we uh, we meet our, our time here. Um, we're going to ask you 10 questions. You've 
most likely never been asked before in an interview. And uh, feel free to rapid fire them back at us or extrapolate uh, depending on where you feel it's needed. Oh, boy. I'm really bad at answering <laughs> questions about myself. So okay. we'll just say that at first. T Ted had we'll us. We'll go we, with that first. We had Ted Ramey on last week, and he had us Oh, my hold. God. How amazing is Ted, by the way? <laughs> he was how amazing. amazing he, he's Ted so, Ramey. so, so cool. So fun. We, uh, we, he is the cool, and he is one of the funniest people on the planet. Like, oh God, especially yeah. <laughs> watching him and Bruce together is like, uh, it, it's just a dream. It's a show within a show. I love him so much. <laughs> uh, he uh, he had us hold a question till the end because he wanted to think on it. So if you have one of those moments, just let us know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all right. Uh, um, okay. So we're we're gonna start. Uh, we're gonna start off pretty light. Uh, I'll take the odds, right? So yeah. uh, all right. Uh, first one's pretty easy. Uh, what's your all-time favorite horror movie? The Exorcist. Perfect. Beautiful. Number two. What was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid and as a follow-up as an adult? Oh, hold on. Let me go through my my child costumes. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, um, I, I was the Statue of Liberty when I was three or four. And my uh, and I even had the little uh, the torch and the, and the plaque. And um, I went to the mall. Um, in, in Borman, Ohio, where I'm from for the, for the costume contest. And I believe I won for that age group. And, I, and I'm walking around the mall holding the torch up because I knew that's how the Statue of Liberty stands. My mom says, I don't really remember that part, but I remember the costume how I loved it so much. My mom's like, Dana, you can put your arm down now. I'm like, no, I'm the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I love that at like three, at three, I refused to break character. You're like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, interrupt Sam Raimi someday. I have to be. Have to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and as an adult, um, only because it, it, it was the impetus for one of the greatest uh, experiences of my life. Um, right at uh, my my favorite adult. Halloween costume, um, and also the only other time I, I won a contest um, in my life um, was when I dressed up as Amy Winehouse um, at the height of her, like right when rehab was just out, and um, she, was, she, was, she was the it uh, in the state, and I dressed up like her, and uh, when I was living in Chicago and went to this um, contest at this bar, and like, I, they, you know, they picked people from the crowd. I wasn't going to like win a contest. I just wanted to be in the lineup because I was obsessed with her. And um, they, they kept doing round after round. And then they brought us up to the mic to like say something, whatever. And was, I decided in that moment to just wing it and talk like her with her British accent. And that then, short answer, not short, um, that then spawned... Uh, when I when I had to do some impressions um, for for a, a, a sketch show audition, um, I honed her first, and then I'm like, huh, I wonder, I really love her. I wonder if I can like pretend to sing like her, you know, over karaoke. And then that turned into um, a, a year or two later, uh, forming a, a tribute band um, where I, I played her, and again, never broke character. 
Uh, and uh, that was that was a, a, a great, great time in my life. Getting to be your favorite rock star is pretty much the greatest experience you can ever have. Absolutely. Highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 I could, uh, if I could muster that myself, I'll give it a shot for, I think I guess mine would be like yeah, do it. Dave Just Grohl do it. or something like that. Go but, for it. Um, yeah, I've, yeah. Actually, I've, I've actually seen some of those uh, uh, when doing the research. I came across some of your Amy Winehouse uh, vi- the videos of you performing as her. It is quite, quite spectacular. Um, and, uh, oh, thank you so and the, much. So the, kind. The next question here actually goes back to uh, something. Um, just a little backstory on this one. Uh, Ted Ramey last week, and we interviewed him. Um, I believe uh, this is going to be a rough quote, but generally a quote called you the uh, white female Samuel L. Jackson because of how well you can swear. Um, and, <laughs> and and I, abso- I absolutely agree because uh, uh, there's there's some uh, art I believe to being able to swear well. Everybody can swear, you know. But when you've got like the I think of like Susie Espin on Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, that's what, yeah Pamela Adlon she's the on, queen. Uh, uh, she is the queen. California Dude, no, so. you are in my head right now. I, that's who I that's who I attributed to. No, uh, those like honestly. I, I think last, I, I don't know if it was last year, I think um, one, one, some, I think it was, I don't want to misquote, so I won't say, but I, I, I think it was AV Club. I could be wrong. So they, they compared my, my swearing uh, to Susie Eckman, and that was like the greatest compliment ever. And then I've also said like the other, uh, the only other person um, that, I, that I try and channel is Pam Adlon, who is my spirit animal. Um, so thank you for saying that. I mean, that was those are two of my favorite swearers ever. I feel like to to be able to properly channel the the proper f on a fuck is just perfect. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and so as a as part of the actual question here, because t- t- Ted said we should try to get you to swear because uh, you're so good at it. Um, so I was curious what your oh god. I know that you did actually, uh, I, I do know what your favorite swear is because I did read a past interview, um, but I was wondering if you could combine your three favorite swears into a single super swear for us, if that would be possible. Combi- I'm sorry, combine my favorite swear, which three, uh, three, I know what that is. Yeah, three, two, three swears. My, and my other two. Yes, yes. correct. Yeah. Mm. This may or okay. may not be channel- I got to channel some Samuel Jackson <laughs> for this one, too. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to see what I'm playing with. What, what order? I like that I mischievous laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can try it a few different ways, too. Feel free to workshop this if you want. Okay. No, no, no. You can't workshop it because then it's blown. No, no. I'm oh, you're right. It in my yeah, head. You're right. Okay. Um, good, yeah. And this is the bait, by the way the bane of my mother's existence she <laughs> hates that kelly swears so much and it's so funny because we're italian so it like comes with the territory um but you know it's really like my mom <laughs> so mom if you're listening mute it um she doesn't know how to mute it on the uh, uh, she doesn't know how to do that um, but i'll tell you later she's it's, trying so hard where away. is it where is it she's trying so hard now she just turned the volume up on accident. okay um, uh, sorry mom uh Okay, ready? Yes. My three favorite swear words. Motherfuck, piece of shit, asshole. Beauty. Nice. nice. I have a new ringtone. That's it. <laughs> good. Oh, good. Well, I really, appreci- I really appreciate that. I felt that with, with Ted, uh, he definitely set the bar pretty high. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I would be, I love to be called or to be likened to Samuel L. Jackson when it came to the world of swearing. I mean, who sure. wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Um, uh, I, I wish I was quick enough on my feet to compare Ted Ramey to somebody because, but I think he's so unique and, uh, so his, his own entity, um, that, that his, 
his mastery of comedy and physical comedy, like we saw in this in, in, in episode uh, four of the season. Um, I think he is just so magnetic and so um, such such at the top of his game. Um, I, I think uh, I think he adds uh, so much magic to the season, and I'm, I'm so happy absolutely. with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agreed. Glad he's glad he's on board. All right. Um, yeah, me too. Moving along to number five, uh, four, I believe. Four. Yeah. Yes, four. Um, have you ever watched something within the horror genre so scary that it made you hard to turn the lights off that night? Yeah, the first Evil Dead. Ah, oh, perfect. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, turn the lights on. Call your friend. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that, that one for itself. sure. The other one, I would say, the other one. Um, mm, the Shining, The Shining. Yeah, I think I was like twelve or thirteen when I saw that. Um, and I we were I was sleeping over my friend Christie's house. We had like a, a like four or five girls there, um, and uh, I, I kept asking to put on like the nightlight stuff. And and it, I, I was still like in a room full of I wasn't even by myself, and I had to have the I, and I had to have the lights on. That really that really stuck with me. Um. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, um, oh God, I, I'm like thinking about it now, having PTSD of it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We're just digging all yeah. this stuff up. Uh, sure. <laughs> so uh, we know, and you mentioned that you uh, have a, a celebrity impression reel, uh, which I did watch a couple of those online, and uh, you do some awesome celebrity impressions. Oh, so I'm curious if you uh, had to, if you had a show consisting of you playing two of your many celebrity impressions, what would those two characters be? Oh man. That's a tough question. Hmm. You're, you're thinking like a like an odd couple type sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think right off the bat, I was like, I saw you go from like Miley Cyrus to Amy Winehouse. I'm like, oh, I, I wish there was a like a show with <laughs> Amy Winehouse and Miley Cyrus. They're like, you know, in the same sphere, but kind of polar opposites in a lot of artistic ways and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might actually do. Uh, huh. I might actually do. Mm, Emma Stone and Monique or Miley Cyrus and Pamela Adlon or if I could ever do an impression of them the true odd couple is Bruce and Ted and I would do impressions <laughs> of Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi in the odd couple that needs to be a thing okay. or just, they should just do the yeah, odd couple yeah it sounds like we should just um, have them do that let, let, let's get on let me let me call Sam Raimi real quick just kidding I don't have a um, but I think that's I think that that is a show I would watch. Is is that? Oh hell two. yeah! <laughs> um, number six. Uh, speaking of impersonations, um, you recently landed a acting a voice acting role on the animated Ninja Turtles show, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. Um, do you have a dream voiceover gig? Since you do voices, and now you've done your uh, first animated voice acting role. Ooh, that is a question I've certainly never been asked. And thank you uh, for that. Um, a dream voiceover role. That's a good question. What? I'm trying to think of. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm, the, the, the simple answer would be um, just because Disney was, you know, that, that I grew up watching all of those and loving those um, so, so much that to be, a, 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 to, to voice a part <laughs> big or small and any Disney um, film would be a dream for me. Um, That's a very fair answer. Yeah, that would be, that would be an experience. 
That would be. Um, and, and I got to do some, some narrator stuff for them in the past, and they're just amazing. But, yeah, to, to be able to do a character um, that then I could watch with, you know, uh, I don't know, kids, if I ever have them someday, that would be, that would be a highlight for me. That would be. I know that's not cool to say, but it's the truth. No, that's a great answer. I really, really like that. All right. Uh, uh-huh. Or, you know, let's do, let's do Evil Dead, the cartoon series. Like, oh, well, that would okay, just be, let me, let me, be fun. Let me call Sam Raimi really quick. Oh, wait, I still don't you have You know, if that, was, if we, that uh, was an adult animated show, like an adult swim, people would watch the hell out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know, right? Oh, that'd be uh, – I'm in. I am so in. We, we've come across, like, two awesome spinoffs, like, right off the bat, just doing this anyway. I think you, you got to get Sam Raimi's guys. number. You got to call him up. You got to tell him what's what. You got to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still don't have his number. I still don't have it. Uh, <laughs> Well, we're gonna move on to we're gonna move on to number seven here. Uh, now, actually, I should probably ask before asking this because I might switch the uh, the question. If uh, I was actually coming to the table, uh, I realize it's a little presumptuous, um, assuming you are probably not a Trump supporter. But I should actually check that first if you are a Trump supporter or not. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I don't like talking politics. Oh, it's I don't not like politics. politics. No, no, it's it's nothing. But no, I am not. I am. I am not. Yes, but you don't no have to way. go. You don't have to go any deeper than that. I just wanted to make sure that the uh, question actually made sense. Um, all right. So, if you knew that the Cubs winning the World Series would somehow guarantee Trump winning the presidency, would you still root for the Cubs to win the World Series? Okay. Well, um, I call default because um, maybe you didn't see my other post because I am from Youngstown, Ohio. I know you're. Yeah, that's my your hometown team. team. Always- right. I know well, the Indians, yes, have been my hometown team. Grew up watching them. Softball was my best sport I ever played. Um, yeah, I pitched a few shutout games. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> I peaked at 11, you guys. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, it, was, it was a staple growing up uh, with, it, with my family. And um, first, you know, baseball game I ever got to go to was the Indians. So, and they have, they have never, ever won. Like anything. Yeah. Cleveland has had such a hard time just in sports in general. So they so deserve it. But also, I'm so torn because I lived 10 years in Chicago. It's my home away from home. And, and the Cubs finally broke the curse. And um, I, I just, I don't know. So I, 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 I'm not going to even answer that question because I, I'm already having a hard enough time picking who to root for. And I, I find that I can't. Um, pick one. I already feel like I won that both of my teams are in. So yeah, that's actually yeah. that's I actually call, fine. Uh, that's a fair answer. Yeah, and actually, I, I will. Uh, you kind of just okay. also sort of just. I mean, the main reason I actually wanted to throw this one in there was actually just so I could chat about the World Series because I knew that little conundrum because I knew you were an Ohio girl, but I also knew you were uh, in, in rooting for the Cubs as well. So God, I, was, yeah. I was actually just curious, like you know, how you kind of came to terms with that. Uh, so I figured this was a good way to just kind of toss a little baseball. Talk yeah, I, have, I haven't come to terms with it yet. I was like, <laughs> I saw that Damian's won last night. I was like, yes, I can't wait to post that. And I'm like, oh my god. Then all the Cubs fans are like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you don't even like um, baseball. You don't. So and I I hate being on the fence about it, but I don't I don't care. I don't care. I love them both. Um and you win either I, uh, way. we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. You have you have a reason to be torn too though. It's not just like I don't know which one's Thank which. you. Yeah. So I, I will absolutely Thank give you, you that. very much. All right, moving on. All right, moving on to number eight. Uh, New Zealand, where a lot of Ash vs. Evil Dead is shot, is a beautiful location and an amazingly perfect place all around. Now, show us the dark side. Was there ever a bad New Zealand experience for you? 
<laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of money one night at the casino. <laughs> New Zealand has casinos? Dude, yeah. And it doesn't, it's like you, you, you forget that you're playing with real money because their money is like plastic. You can't tear it. So it's like Monopoly money. It's all print more, yeah. So, yeah. Huh. yeah. So, um, and it's very interesting because unlike Vegas, um, at this casino where, where it was right in the part of town I lived in, in, in downtown, there's the Sky Tower, the very famous Sky Tower. Um, and it, the, the casino's in there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, unlike Vegas, they don't ply you with free drinks so that you'll screw up. So the saddest part about, like, winning money, losing it, and then doing the, oh, the ultimate mistake of, like, oh, I'm going to win it back. Yeah, no, five trips to the ATM. Is the saddest part is that I was completely sober. <laughs> <laughs> you can't like, even blame it on, like, being like, oh, I just got drunk and lost I some money. Can't, or I forget it. can't even blame it. Oh, I did. I blamed it on the, I, on the dealers, though, at the roulette. Because I, I, I roulette. I'm pretty, pretty good at roulette. And I won. I hit, like, nine times in a row. Nine times in a row. I was, like, on. And then, oh, somehow, somehow, yeah, somehow I that's... walked out of there carrying a bindle. Well, at least you remembered to bring a bindle. Everybody yeah. needs to remember that when going to a I casino. Did. No, well, I, that, that's what I used my last five dollars on because I had to carry my bindles. Yeah, my I got you bindles. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, we're all sold out of bindles. Yeah, they're hot commodity around these parts. Uh, yeah, exactly. It wasn't even a bindle. It was like a napkin from the casino tied to like someone's chain that they left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you another uh, tough one here. Um, I don't know why I decided to pick all these asshole questions, making you do all these like Sophie's Choice things here. Uh, who would win in a fight, Xena, Warrior Princess, or the $6 million man? Oh, that is an asshole question. I know, because you got, you, yeah, I know. Go on. I, mm, Sophie had mm, the worst choices. You know what? Mm, here's the thing. Here's my thought process. I'm thinking very hard about it. It'd be a very, very, very close call. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but in the end, no one, it, no one can resist Zena's radar eyes. Yep. And I think in that final second, the amazing Lee Majors, six million dollar man, would be would be temporarily paralyzed and mesmerized by her by Lucy Lawless's radar eyes, and <laughs> not, then, not even boom, his... that's when she would, you know, strike. Yeah, not even his bionic eye could yeah. get him out of that one. That's too bad. I, I had Xena in my, in my head, too. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yep. I had Xena, no. too. Yeah, Mm-mm. I had Xena all the way. Lucy Lawless is a freaking awesome. So. She is. A, she, she really is. She's, she's the most incredible woman I've ever met in my life. Oh, actually, speaking of which, uh, she's teaching you Italian currently? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, when we were there, um, the... the <laughs> One thing um, about Lucy Flawless, as I call her, because nice. she is flawless and just real, like wakes up just, <laughs> just looking like that. Perfect, right, um, right on set. No makeup person really, for truly, her. Yeah. None. Yeah, no, she's, uh, it, it, it pains me sometimes to be like, that's how you wake up? I, how? How is that possible? But she is one of the 
people that's like, she's a savant, um, and, and she'll never admit it, but she is actually annoyingly brilliant at everything. Um, not only is she, you know, beautiful and, a, and an incredible, versatile actor um, who does her own stunts and action and uh, all these things. She's a mom. She cooks. And in her spare time with her millions of, you know, hobbies, and she does great work for, um, uh, you know, uh, Greenpeace and the environment. I mean, she's always doing something. Um, she's a ferocious reader. Um, and, and on top of all that, in her spare time, like in the makeup room, she'd just be like listening to language tapes, um, in her headphones and taught herself five languages to the point where she's, she'll deny it, but she's fluent now in Italy. She was just there for like seven weeks, just hanging out with the locals. And so she actually got cast as Al Capone. It was amazing in this Italian play in New Zealand. And she's like, Dana, you have, you know, you're hundred percent Italian. You have to do this. I'm like, I don't speak Italian. I had four lines and she had to teach me um, so patiently, even what I was saying. And um, so, yeah, the Kiwi is teaching the Italian Italian. Oh man, Um, that's awesome. And it it was, it's, it's, it's hilarious, but also just also a testament to this, to, to this moment when um, we were in the woods shooting a scene and I had to hold a, 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 a long stick. And so I'm just, you know, waiting for them to set up the camera, just screwing around and I'm trying to twirl it like, oh, I wish I could baton twirl it. And Lucy's right there. She's like, oh, nice, easy. Just how it is. And then like starts just going like warrior princess on that <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, it's easy. Just, and she tries to slow it down and she makes it look so effortless. And then she's like, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And immediately hit myself in the fucking face. Um, And I'm just like, God, Lucy, you are a goddess. And just, um, I just, I surrender. You do everything amazingly well. Let's go back to our Italian lesson because the sick lesson is not working out well. Yeah, sorry to break off that that tangent, but I, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I, one last <laughs> question: uh, In five words or less, describe this season of Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, have you met me? Can you think I can say anything in five words or less? You can multiply it I've by ten if you need to. Five words. Yeah, <laughs> multipliers no, of five. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Hold on. So I gotta I gotta say what to expect this season in five words or less yeah okay all right all right i'm counting one two <laughs> and to let you, to, and to let you know I deflect, uh, uh, ted, can i deflect to what can i deflect to what ted ramey's answer was well that's the thing ted actually gave us like four right he actually he did a couple yeah because i at first yeah. i thought he was having trouble coming out with one i'm like oh no it's because he just wanted to like he had too many so he's like let yeah. me give you all four of them bloop 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 Doing, like, yeah. line oh my god because he's a genius damn yeah. it ted making me look back uh, can i use one of his four <laughs> um, okay, no, here we go. Um, uh, wait, one, two. Okay, holy shit, unbelievable moments galore. Perfect. Perfect. Holy shit, unbelievable. No, wait, holy shit, unbelievable moments galore. Yes. That's the rest of the that, season. That, that, Holy that. shit, unbelievable moments galore. We, that's yeah. my final answer. That's, that's great, it. yeah, because we, we, uh, we asked Ray uh, originally when he, we had him on. Uh, we asked Ted last week. So now, I, I actually, I would have to go back and listen to what Ray's was. I can't remember exactly what it was. It'd be nice to compile these afterwards. I think we might have made Ray say 10 words or less. I, I, I think maybe, yeah, maybe it was 10, maybe it was 5. I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, thank you very much for going through our gamut of 10 questions. We much appreciate it. I very much enjoyed it. And you know what? I learned a little about myself today. <laughs> no. That's, that's <laughs> what we're all about. That's what we're all about here. And, and I feel like for... I've had a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just podcast therapy. That's what you needed the whole time. Um, I love it. I love it. Right. Um, no, this was such a fun interview. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys, like I said, for, for being lifelong fans and supporting this franchise in the show. And um, I meant what I said in five words or less. There is... Just when you think we can't outdo ourselves, hold on to your hat, son, because <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. it's common. We, we really appreciate it. I mean, a a, honestly, you all make uh, being lifelong fans really easy because there's been nothing to uh, dislike whatsoever about the franchise. So I uh, really appreciate all the energy you all put into it and, uh, and the care and appreciation for us fans as well. So thank you for your uh, bloody love letter uh, to the fans. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Well, thank you, and I'm loving every second of it. That was awesome. Thanks again to Dana for joining us for that, uh, that great interview and uh, also for just being awesome on Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, before we get too much further, we do have one more sponsor to bring you. We have uh, Bambox, which uh, this month's Bambox is actually the uh, adult cartoons is the theme. Um, but as far as what the Bambox is altogether, well, we're going to let the ad go ahead and explain that for you. Scott, it's you. Thank God. I've been all over space and time hoping to find you. I have terrible news about the future. You need to heed my very serious warnings very seriously. Oh, hey there. It's nice of you to stop in. Now, while I have you here, let me tell you a little bit about the BAM box. What's a BAM box? Can I eat it? In the future, all food is hoarded by the alien overlords who conquered Earth after we were weakened from the fallout from global warming. The BAM box is a mystery monthly subscription box full of hard-to-find collectibles, limited edition items, exclusives, and autographs. I don't know this word. Autograph? Is it something that we could uh, use, possibly, to prevent the eventual takeover? Bambox promises at least one autographed item in every box. Perhaps it's something consumable, then. Again, food is at a premium in the future. You must help. Last night, my wife and I ate dirt biscuits for dinner. One out of every ten boxes includes an extra autograph. She died later that night of dirt gout. Random boxes get one-up cards with upgraded items. For instance, I received a movie replica of The Ring from Lord of the Rings that was upgraded from Sterling Silver version to a 14-karat gold version. The alien overlords have ensconced themselves in the entirety of Earth's gold supply. It pains me to look at it. If you've ever been to a big comic convention... I haven't, but I've heard good things. You know that there are some really expensive, hard-to-find movie replicas available, as well as celebrities selling autographs and other hard-to-find items. Oh, like, uh, like, like food, water, like uh, clothes I don't have to steal off of corpses. Subscribing to Bambox saves you all the hassle of traveling to one of the big conventions and waiting in line for hours, only to overpay for the geeky good merch you want. If you go to lostatomepodcast.com and click on the Bambox link at the top of the page, you can join a very exclusive club of very happy people. Happy? Past boxes have included a replica from Friday the 13th of the hockey mask worn by Jason Voorhees, autographed by the first actor to play him. Also, a full-size steel replica of the Batarang, replicas of both of the license plates from the DeLorean from the Backs of the Future series, autographed copies of Gen 13, Lady Death, 
as well as autographed prints by famous artists of interesting characters. Well, that all does sound pretty cool. I guess the future's future can wait then. Well, then if you're interested, head over to the thelostatomepodcast.com and follow the Bambox link to their incredible site and make sure to use offer code LAH10 to get 10% off your first order. Well, maybe if all this Bambox stuff pans out, the future, it'll be A-OK. Oh, that's great. I love hearing that ad. We're going to have variations of that in the future, yeah, too. Yeah. So anyone who's heard it like two or three times now and is like, oh, ads. Trust yeah. us, our ads are still better than most other podcasts. We're, we're going to throw that flag right, right now. Yeah, yeah. We, we produce the hell out of them and have a great time doing it. And like being silly welly bellies. And uh, uh, we did write it specifically so we can include variations because I know I've listened to podcasts even with great produce ads. And after hearing it over and over again, a minute and a half, blah. And uh, so we uh, I figure like once a month we'll probably switch it up, you know. Yeah, so um, at the top of the show, we mentioned that we were going to do a quick review, and um, this is a comic book that was brought to our attention uh, via Twitter, actually. And once we got our hands on it and were able to take a look for ourselves, we decided this was something that we had to talk about real quick. Uh, we don't do a lot of comic book reviews in the show, but since we love horror and it is Halloween, it's Halloween and month, an airy Halloween. Yeah, not only just Halloween, but like it, it does uh, bring a kind of bring me into that vibe of um, uh, Evil Dead style gore and, oh, and, and aesthetic and stuff like that. So it actually fits. First of all, yes, very Halloween theme, but regardless, we love horror anyway, and this stuff is right up our alley, but also if you all like Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I'm guessing those of you who are listening specifically for Dana's interview do, uh, this is actually a pretty cool book, um, so it's good to give them a cool shout-out. But you you had uh, like a little bit more of a fleshed-out uh, kind of you know, blurb about this. You you did a little bit more of the digging yeah, this into is, it. Uh, this is Blood and Gourd. Uh, you can find out more about it at bloodandgourd.com. Uh, this is created and written by Jens K. Lund with uh, pencils by Dave Acosta and inks by Juan Albaran. Um, I'm going to read their, uh, their blurb from their website here. It says, Through crowdfunding and sheer determination, the dead peasant team has successfully conjured up one of the most bizarre, offbeat, and exciting comic books in years. With its roots in the classics and its vines in the new, Blood and Gourd is like EC Comics meets 70s cult horror in 2016. Murderous pumpkins and assorted Halloween horrors bring to the fore an all-new set of myths and monsters like you've never experienced them before. The premiere issue of Blood and Gourd features 48 full-color pages of premium pulse-pounding pumpkin pandemonium, and as of this week, it's available on Comixology for purchase. Very nice. Now, the idea here is that uh, it's Devil's Night in Olympia, Washington, and out of the Henderson's farm, there are festivities for Halloween, and they're reaching their crescendo, and the young and old are gathered to pick their own pumpkin, drink hot apple cider, partake in the usual pumpkin farm fair, uh, but something's awakened deep from within the soil, and years of after years of abuse and like humiliation, the pumpkins, they're ready to pick us. Yeah, they've had enough. They've, they've had, had enough. enough. And you can beg, you can plead, you can scream, but, you know, they're they're just going to want to watch you die. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the good way to put it. A lot of, uh, it's very, very well put together. You never know when somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to send you something I did, and it's like a, you know, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say underground, but, you know, like independent, and it's, you know, through crowdfunding and such. You're like, all right, what are we going to get? And I was, first of all, just the cover alone blew me away because it was just freaking awesome art on the cover, and I was actually surprised to then flip through the pages and realize it actually held up to the uh, the wonder of the cover. So um, yeah, there's a lot of very uh, cool stuff. Very yeah. creative death scenes. Uh, great 
great line work for the from the penciler and yeah. the inker. Like in general, I I love it. It's beautiful. It looks like it could be, and, and this gives no uh, discredit to indie publishers, but right, it looks yeah. like it could be a major published book. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 no it has like the, otherwise. It has like the sheen to it. You know, yeah. it's definitely. And I mean, there's there's something to be said about like that cool like rough, almost rustic like indie look for certain things. But it's nice when. Like I mean, it's nice when an indie book can also go the other way around because sometimes, no, can, sometimes can, major things try to look indie, and then yeah. indie things it's have a harder time looking, you know, uh, major and major label, whatever you call them, major publisher. Well, I was going to say this looks like it could be Image Comics. Or yeah, that, that, that was actually the first thing that came to my mind was uh, like something Image. Although I do like the fact that they um, harken back to EC Comics, which were some of my favorites growing up and still are. I, I have a lot of like reprints of those, those and like Warren Publishing and those cool horror comics that just don't exactly, uh, they don't exist in droves anymore. I know people try them, but other than like, you know, there's Walking Dead obviously, but sometimes people can fail pretty hard with horror comics, yeah. even more so than horror movies. So no, it's cool it, to see one actually succeed and look pretty awesome. So Yeah, and if you're a fan of our show and you like what we talked about over the last month with horror and with Ash versus Evil Dead, all the interviews, um, this is definitely up your alley. This yeah. is something that you will enjoy. We enjoyed it and we're going to start subscribing. So uh, we would just like to throw that out to you. If anyone yeah. wants to check this out, uh, go. You can find them on Twitter. Uh, Blood and Gourd at or at Blood and Gourd, and you can find them at their website bloodandgourd.com, where you yeah. can see a couple sample images, sample pages, and you can kind of feel it out for yourself. Just trust us; this is good. Yeah, it, is it, I, and I always like it. it's when I hear uh, podcasts and stuff shout things out. I always, um, you know, there's always that wonder of like, oh, did they get like, what did they get like something in return? And blah blah blah. And We're doing know, this to be nice. Yeah, when 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 we when we and, actually do when candy. when it comes when it comes to anything but our sponsors, um, we. We like actually will. I mean, we don't take anything in exchange for this other than the free comic, obviously, that they sent us. But this is just like if we like it enough, we'll actually talk about it, just like with artists, uh, I mean, music artists and um, actors and stuff like that. So, uh, this is genuine. We really dig this. So, just yep. want to put that out there. So, and uh, going out this week, uh, we were actually given a link by them to a uh, song, which is I don't I, I don't want to say it's made for the comic, but it's made in association with it. Yeah, I I have I didn't quite figure that out based on the uh, yeah, connection they didn't, they didn't of the lyrics any... and stuff. Like, but I know that it's definitely. Um, as at it's least, great. It's at least relatable or related to it um, in some way. Halloween surf rock horror yeah. rock. I don't it's even very, know what very to call cool. it. Also but. very, very cool. So we were happy to uh, that it turned out to be an awesome song so we could actually go out on that song. Uh, it's called Hail, Blood, and Gourd. Uh, and by, it's by Nuke and the Hellriders. Yep. And we're going to leave you with that this week. Happy Halloween. Everyone stay safe. Keep those clown costumes off. We yeah, don't want any of our no, fans no getting shooting, shot. Yeah, no shootings like that. And uh, stay tuned uh, next week. Uh, this is election season. We're going to have a very, very special episode next week, too. Now, uh, on that note, have a good week. Happy Halloween.
Party. 